0: 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.
1: Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. Uh, Listen, we know there's a lot of news going on in the world that is not the worst, but we don't talk about that. If you want to support 9to5.cc and the 9ES, uh, we really, really encourage you to go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to the 9ES Deluxe version uh, of subscription all we have a ton of bonus features there the most important of which being garbage time where you get to listen to an extra bonus episode each and every episode of 90s on this bonus episode of 90s on garbage time we talk about more obi-wan kenobi and vince mcmahon and wrestling but on the main episode the episode you're listening to right now we talk about clown core it's very important a little shop of horrors and its place in the horror pantheon of cinema we talk about the jurassic park slash world series top gun the pistol series on hulu slash disney plus of course we talk about obi-wan kenobi we talk about doctor strange in the multiverse of madness and wrap up with a little bit of talk about the boys all this and more on 9ES. stick around listen to the show subscribe to the patreon hey you're worth it Let's do a podcast. Um, is the most important news of the day, Clown core. I, mean, I, I know not spring
2: bring it up until
1: garbage time, but this is front door content. I know there's significantly worse and more terrible things to talk about, but I feel we can begin the show with levity.
2: I'm so happy.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like legit a fan.
2: So I think I watched Van three times.
1: <laughs> I couldn't you, even like, click
0: on the link. The link sounded so horrible.
2: It's,
1: really? I mean, yes. it's, it's two clowns and a guy in a ski mask who drive around making music and having shenanigans. Yeah. When you were talking about 80s movies and Scott replied, like, I watched it once with Archer a long time ago and one scene like greatly disturbed him. I was thinking he was talking about the Clowncore video and was like, when the clown peed blood. <laughs> or, or when he pooped on on the keyboard and it, it maintained the tone for a
2: whole tune. Oh man. Um yeah, is this like a new discovery? Okay, it, <laughs> it is, it is. I like and it's also kind of new. They have they have two earlier albums, I think, or at least one earlier album mm-hmm. um that is like pretty similar stuff. Yeah. Um but are you, are, did you, did you watch it long enough to get to the point where you're like, holy shit, these guys are actually kind of talented at the same time? As yeah, they're... yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, like, well, kind of talented is pretty. Uh, they're super
2: talented. Uh,
1: I mean, well, just like they're competent. They are musically competent. I don't think they're like, you're not blowing anyone away with pretty much anything that's happening. Like, yes, they're, they can drum and they can hold their notes and the guy can play the saxophone and all that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. I would I would still grade it all as musically competent that kind of comes together fun. Like right. the, the, the right. nobody is like blowing you away with music skills here. It's just that the fact that they're not awful makes them seem very good given their look <laughs> and feel. <veal. laughs> so that whole album that I posted there takes place in a
2: van and mm-hmm. it's called Van. Mm-hmm. The other album takes place in a like a porta potty at a construction site. <laughs> So they're they're just like playing in the porta potty the whole way through the album. Mm-hmm. It's pretty uh yeah. How yeah. would you describe this music? Cuz they on the if you look under their YouTube thing it's like they have like 17 different um hashtags. Uh, hashtags yeah
1: for like the type of music. It's honestly and this is the the highest possible praise I think for them and and I and I do not it kind of sounds like like a slightly more like ADHD cracked out version of faith no more. Like, like huh. with, like, without necessarily all the melodies, but like the weird, like the alternate transitions. And like I said, a lot of the horn stuff and whatever else, like it's, it's not, it's not, or actual well, like faith no more into like, maybe more the Mr. Bungle kind of territory and stuff. Like that, again,
2: that's actually where I went. I, I thought it was like MSI meets Mr. Bungle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And but I would consider Mr. Bungle and Faith More to be superior to this and this is kind of on par sure, with like sure, MSI sure, in terms of yeah. music talent it's like MSI they're a lot of fun are they great musicians eh. <laughs> these guys might be musically
2: more talented than MSI I don't know that you would say in terms of like the whole production but um...
1: I guess I, I guess I suppose it sort of depends on where you where you rank like musical producing talent right like Jimmy yeah. Urin can write a hook like you know, like, yeah, is, is yeah, that, yeah, is yeah, that, sure. is that musical talent or not? I don't know.
2: Anyway, clown core,
1: clown core. Van Check listener. out the latest you release. Should check it out.
2: Van. There's, there's one YouTube, it should, it should pop up first. That is van visual album. Mm-hmm. Cause the, like, there's a whole video that goes along with it. I think the visual is kind of part of the experience.
1: I mean, you do see a man with uh, a little square cut out of where his butt should like goes. Then you just see his butt. There's a square cut out of his pants.
2: He, th- there's also a shot where he plays the guitar with his penis. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I don't know why I, S- Scott showed this to his son.
2: Okay, here we go. Tags: so <laughs> cyber grind, drum step, noise core, avant avant garde metal, experimental rock, jazz. I mean, it is the, some of the, the the
1: saxophone bits are kind of jazzy. Yeah, yeah, it's For- like a significant upgrade over, say, a band like Broken Side. <laughs> do you remember broken side i i, I do <laughs> yeah but like it it you can kind of see like from broken side to clown core like there is a they're in like a scatter plot chart of musical bands <laughs> i would say this is better yeah yeah uh so 80s movies did you watch honey i Shunk the kids it's john no i mean not recently but not i recently. definitely watched
2: it. i love the hell out of that movie when i was a little kid in the six to six to nine range, I don't quite remember the year that it came out. It's like mid eighties, mid late eighties, late eighties, late eighties.
1: Yeah, late 80s. yeah. You know, Rick we... Moranis
2: at the height of his powers.
1: Yep. Yeah, but kind of underutilized. Was it like, he? like he's he's not that funny in this? Hmm. Like, I mean, was Rick, is Rick Moranis ever funny?
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. A, Ghostbusters is hysterical. His his role is very funny in that movie.
2: He's great in um, Spaceballs. baseballs. Darth Helmet. Is he great? Darth Helmet. He does does great. Um But I'm wondering or if other like, Rick Moranis. Is Bob he and or Doug. Those just like... Bob and Doug? Oh, yeah, Bob and is Doug Mackenzie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I suppose. Bob and Doug is probably up there. I was gonna say Bob and Doug is probably the one that like requires Rick Moranis, because I was like a lot of those other roles doesn't necessarily require Rick Moranis. Like I don't know if Darth Helmet requires Rick Moranis. Or just like any little like kind of weasley little comedian could be pretty funny as Darth Helmet. Woody Allen types. Yeah.
0: No, but if you put it like Martin Short in there, it would be insufferable.
1: Fair. Yeah. That's but, that's because Martin that, Short is. Yeah, yeah that's because Martin Short.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I'm take other Weasley little guys, and you, you put Rick Moranis, who's got that like wholesome. He's annoying, but all you know, ah. I suppose. <laughs> that's his bread and butter, right there.
2: What about Little Shop of Horrors?
0: i've I've never liked anything about little shop of horrors the the play the original movie the 80s movie Mm -hmm. i think the whole thing is bad and people like it because it was like
2: it's okay to hate it because it's a musical right that's but like it's fine
0: people try to lump it in with like rocky horror like oh look how avant-garde it is it's it's a musical with horror elements And it's like yeah no i don't care it's still bad
1: <laughs> i like the old like black and white version that's like it's kind of like a like it's the i think a rare precursor to like hear me out <laughs> like you don't get evil dead if you don't have little shop of horrors like 40 years prior or whenever the heck little shop of horrors like it's the weird like i think the precursor to like horror with like comedic elements
0: i think it's, it's just... never said too formative of the things I don't like about Tim Burton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the 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 musical or the like the OG like the OG is not doesn't have that the many the OG like, one I yeah. didn't even know there was an OG one the OG one's like an like a like an old black black and white film like huh. uh, mid sixties yeah. if Whoa. that like maybe even earlier it's it's rough like visually like I don't yeah. know exactly like I, stuff from the sixties looks better than Little Shop of Horrors um. But yeah, and, and it's like, the, I mean, if you know Little Shop before Horrors, like the 80s yeah. musical, like the, the plot is exactly the same. But it's not a musical. 1960? It is not a musical. It's also pretty short, too. Isn't it like 45 minutes or something? Like maybe an hour?
0: I'm pulling it up now. <clears throat> anyway. It's directed by Roger Corman. So there's Keith's love for it. Really? <laughs> I had forgotten that. <laughs> that that makes sense. <laughs> uh, it was released September fourteenth, nineteen sixty. Yeah, it's made a lot of money because it had no budget.
1: Yeah, it's got like a big papier-mâché plant. That's about it. <laughs> 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 like, Eats people.
0: Uh, I don't see runtime anywhere.
1: Anyway, back to Moranis. Yeah no over the uh, over the course of the this winter's lockdown at some point like peak lockdown Sarah and I built a uh, oh, built a pillow it fort seventy one minutes seventy one minutes okay so an hour ten it's still brisk yeah it's I mean It feels movie-like. longer though <laughs> <laughs> like it's it has that, like that slow plotting film from nineteen sixty kind of element but if you can get past that it's like I said it's pretty. I think I rewatched it like a couple Halloweens ago, whatever up at the cottage yeah. most recently with Sarah. And it's like, but yeah, that, that prototype of like horror comedy that I don't think you really had before, like where, like you'd had, like, you had like goofy, maybe. Like, Abbott and like, Costello like, meet Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's but that's like, woo, 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 woo. like, this was like, no, this is still kind of played straight, but it's funny. Like, like a dark kind of comedy. Like I said, mm-hmm. an evil dead vibe.
0: No, I'm going to throw out a uh, teenage werewolf. Michael Landon. When was that? Mm, Fifties.
1: That was maybe in that same. That was like
0: campy horror. Mm -hmm. Let me pull up that.
1: But yeah, but like, but Little Shop of Horrors isn't really. I mean, not to say it's not camp, but it's also not like nobody's like hamming it up that much in the.
0: I I was a teenage werewolf. It's nineteen fifty-seven. And that was. Can't be scary, but like, not scary. Like, played for like jump scares and then giggles.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been anyway. saying, Little Shop of Horrors still a little bit different, like, cause it's more of like a dark yeah. comedy. There aren't necessarily like there aren't jokes or anything. But like, anyway. Uh, but yeah, so Saturday I built a pillow fort and we watched two '80s movies uh, back in. And we so it was we watched Adventures in Babysitting and uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids and uh our adventures in babysitting i thought was better but like honey i shrunk the kids was still pretty like it certainly was like a fascinating watch from the like practical effects level mm-hmm. like when you think about that like oh yeah they, they built big giant sets and did whatever and had like a big animatronic ant and and all that and then you're just sort of like well this was like the full power of disney studios before computers <laughs> you know like where yeah, they're yeah. like like that movie must have had a budget and a half on it at the time. Like there's like almost that might be like the peak expertise for that kind of a, a thing. I guess, I
2: guess, no, it's it's going to be um, Jurassic Park. Does it does all that a little bit better? Yeah, exactly.
1: But yeah. Weirdly, I don't think you get Jurassic Park if you don't do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. even be surprised if there wasn't like overlap on the effects team. Like, but like it's nonstop effect shots in that film, <laughs> like of yeah. w- of one kind or of- another.
0: Not a huge budget, eighteen million dollars.
1: 18 1980s bucks though.
0: And what was gross, the bu- what was the budget on gross, Jurassic Park? Gross two hundred and twenty
1: million. What? So I like,
0: just made money.
2: And the sequel yeah. was pretty good too, if I remember correctly. That I don't know about. The I mean, sequel is know. less good.
0: There's a lot of toddler in that movie.
1: Oh yeah, it's a great big toddler. Baby. Yeah, baby stuff. Is that the what you, is the um... Is the why? Why did that come up, though? John, was were you like? Is am I too? Is it too young to? <laughs> are you gonna show it to a baby? I'm trying to figure. I was like, are you trying to show it to the baby? What do you mean? Like, why would you want to watch Honey I Shunk the Kids now? I was like, I think, I think,
2: I you... don't know. I, I, mean, I, I Why did we even start talking about it? You the asked.
1: Kids? So just to put that into perspective. This was uh-huh. how many years before that? When was it? When did it come out? Honey, I Shunk the Kids. Eighty nine. 89. So Jurassic Park came out four years later and only had a budget of 63 million. Wow. So I'm like like an $18 million budget. I think went was like a pretty big budget film for a kid's movie. If like Jurassic Park was like absolute shutdown FX blockbuster and only had like triple the budget of, yeah. <laughs> of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. I mean, that's a
0: Spielberg <laughs> effect, though. What is? Oh, you know what? It... The guy who directed *Honey and Shrunk the Kids*, Joe Johnson, also went on to direct *Jumanji* and *Jurassic Park 3.
1: Hmm. The other, the, <laughs> the other one good one, not like the other. Really? Yeah. Three is good. Yeah. yeah. Three is like at two is bad. Uh, uh, two is bad. Uh, the Jurassic World series—I've only seen the first one—and then I the heard they go one off. It's real bad. I heard they go off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> her did you well did you hear ryan lambert talk about the third one where it was like the director of the third one was like i absolutely had to work with like this screenwriter to bring this vision to life and you're like what's this screenwriter's other credit pacific rim 2 <laughs> <laughs> and you're like oh no i was like that's kind of all i need to know about the third jurassic world or whatever to be like uh, but i don't that's want that's the this. one
2: where they got the original guys back right
1: yeah yeah they, they did the yeah. full return of the ensemble yeah so I watched the red letter
2: media review of that movie. I didn't didn't watch it myself.
1: And I don't know. Did they tear did they
2: eviscerate it? Yeah. Yeah. Just basically said it was a waste of space. The um they didn't they didn't have enough time for any of the characters. They uh they ripped it to pieces. Well done. Did anyone yep. see Top Gun yet? Nope. Nope. It's doing gangbusters though. I think it went over a billion dollars last weekend.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which Walter Walter <laughs> oh, was
0: a, a girl I work with was like, "I'm going to go see Top Gun this week, this weekend." And I was like, "Oh, did you see the original one? No, I'm like, no, you. I think you yeah. have to. <laughs> it's like, it's ah, now it's forty old years old." She's like, "It's an old movie." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't think it. Like, it's a sequel." <laughs> and I think Top Gun is very reliant on the the the, the events of the first movie.
1: <laughs> is it though? What? Okay, so here's the thing. When was the last time anyone saw Top Gun? Nope, Ooh. long ass time,
0: okay. ten years. But I, I've seen it like fifty times.
1: Okay, but so if you were to like, like, what's the plot of Top Gun? Like Scott, you've seen it fifty times, but like John,
2: okay. Uh, will they, won't they, romance with the wingman? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, no, but like, like hard, hard pressed. The plot of Top Gun is like training question mark. Russians? Yeah, hold on, hold on. But then, yeah, they fight <laughs> Russians at the end. But, like, by accident. And like, there's volleyball. Like, they, they end up in, like, in, uh, like, Middle Eastern airspace or something, or whatever, or something, and then there's Russians. I don't even know. Like, yeah. Like, the, the yeah. plot of Top Gun is not, like, I don't think that important to know. Other than, like, he's Maverick and he plays by his own rules. Is like, that's, I think, the only thing you're probably going to need to know like going into top. 10 and you know, average. it's just going to be a remake. Like, well, that's it is apparently it's not just a remake. Apparently yeah, there's, like... there's, there's more interesting like character development and whatever and growth. And that's why people are like loving it so much, but I'm also kind of like, I do want to see it. I do like me some, apparently they do like a lot of the old school, uh, like effect stuffs for the for the planes and blah 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 blah. but then all at the same of, time all of the actors had to train to fly the planes because yeah. tom cruise is crazy and he wanted to do it yeah so like all of their <laughs> movements and stuff are like actually reality and all that stuff uh okay but at the same time i'm like one of the reasons it gains that authenticity is they had like the full cooperation of the United States Air Force. So I'm like, oh right, top guns propaganda. <laughs> and I'm it's, like, it's, it's Navy, hmm? Navy. My bad. Oh yeah, they they fly off they they fly off aircraft characters. I forgot. Yeah, so the, they're, they're boat they're boat guys in planes.
0: The the world's largest air force is the U.S. Air Force, and the world's second largest air force is the U.S.
1: Navy. And like, is the third the U.S. Army?
0: No, oh, they don't have fighter planes in the army. That's are ridiculous. you sure? That's
1: but ridiculous. then who is who escorts the like? Is it always the air force that escorts the like the troop planes? Because the troop planes are army. Yeah,
0: they I feel the air.
1: They feel the army might have their own fighter pilots. Because <laughs> they're not going to call up the air force and do like a cross plan just to escort like a troop carrier.
0: I mean, I mean they fuck. would.
1: Not. No, they would. They would, but if, uh, like if I know anything about the American military, they would also just make their own planes and flab those. Fair. <laughs> why would they? Why would they call up another department? Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, recruitment for the Navy like went astronomically up when the first movie came out.
1: Yeah, they literally there was someone was just like someone actually uh, I I wish there was like a clip of it or whatever, but someone like swore up and down or whatever on Reddit who was like, I swear to God at the like uh, high school like recruitment days where the military offices are allowed to set up. He's like he's like the Navy had danger zone on a little ghetto blaster like playing at the little (laughs) recruitment table in the gymnasium of an American high school. I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, this could be made up, but it sounds 100 percent true.
0: Yeah, but there's there's the news report. Five hundred percent naval recruitment up in nineteen
1: eighty six. Yeah, you you go to the gymnasium and there's like all these like different companies like trying to like hire you, whatever, and obviously the military is loud to set up because you're an American kid. You have like you know, like Army, Air Force, and then you have like two Navy man. guys wearing aviators, and they're just like they look at you and they just nod and smile and you're like, Yeah, and you just like yeah. <laughs> And then you bomb
2: civilians in a foreign country.
1: Yeah, welcome to Afghanistan. Where you end up in a
0: submarine for four months straight, breathing recycled air.
1: Mm. Yeah, I haven't seen Top Gun yet. I did in for going a little bit further back in time. Uh, see all six episodes of Pistol.
2: Pistol.
0: Pistol. What is this thing? Why are you watching these weird independent art projects,
1: Keith? <laughs> weird independent art project? Yeah. Well, it's not. It's if you live in Canada, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, the rest of the world, I think, or America, has it on Hulu. Anyway, it's Danny Boyle. You know Danny Boyle? Yeah, I remember Danny Boyle. I remember Danny Boyle. Remember Danny Boyle. He uh, directed a six-part miniseries about like more of the focused much more on the formative years, like as in formative, I guess, year of the Sex Pistols as based by, based on like Steve Jones's uh, biography, Steve, Steve Jones being (laughs) the guitarist of the Sex Pistols. And uh, it's great. Super fun. It has a lot of like, uh, like Danny Boyle is a good director. So he has a lot of like fun, like clashy kind of stuff, like where he can pull from. Obviously, there's a lot of like, a little bit of train spotting in there, (laughs) like for, for good measure uh also the whole thing is shot uh like on uh like four by three ratio also which is hilarious because like obviously it's 1976 Uh (laughs) why would this be widescreen it's just not (laughs) like the entire show they never switch over that's weird Uh, yeah it's really good i mean it takes a lot of the stuff they seem to have gotten like historically right like i was kind of like reading up on some of the stories like a lot of the stuff you're like hey did that really happen and usually like a version of it did Mm -hmm. you know like there was very little like absolute fabrication except for maybe the um like they really really play up steve jones and chrissy hind uh being kind of like romantically involved when like both of them are like chrissy hind from the uh the pretenders pretenders yeah the pretenders Mm -hmm. um like where both of them are like yeah we uh we had some sex like, it was not, like, an unrequited love story or anything else like that. Uh, what's his name? Jojen Reed from uh, Game of Thrones plays uh, Malcolm Thomas Blair. Brody Sangster. Yeah. He plays wow, Malcolm. did you
2: have that right there?
0: Yep.
1: Did you I look thought... up Pistol Miniseries, or did you yes. just knew that? Yeah,
0: no, I looked up Pistol <laughs> Miniseries. I have the full <laughs> cast on the screen right now. All right
1: uh yeah it, it's kind of kind of weird because he has such a baby face and like malcolm was supposed to be in his like late 20s while they were all in their like late teens but like he does look like the youngest person in the class in the like in the group he's 32 he, years old yeah i know he's acu- he's actually the right age to play mclaren but the rest of the cast are probably in their 20s and not actually 17 so as a result he just looks the same age or younger than the rest of like than the actual sex pistols who are supposed to be like teenagers
0: well the guy playing sid vicious is 19. Oh. Huh. Yeah. is the guy playing johnny He's rotten partridge johnny rotten anson boone mm-hmm. uh who is 22.
1: okay that's so weird but joe Reed has such a little baby face yeah and one thing that He's... the anson boone It, like, home runs Johnny Rotten, though. Like, it's, like, outrageous how good he has his mannerisms and his speech patterns and whatever else. Like, I was watching an interview with, like, Johnny Rotten kind of, like, sort of condemning the show. Like, like, well, he was, he didn't sign off on it. And and his whole thing, if you also, like, know him as a, like, person slash persona is... He's like absolutely committed to the like truth of things and whatever else. Like where like if, even some of the Sex Pistol stuff, like people would be like, Don't tell Sid about this, and he'd be like, I'm telling Sid about this. Like they like he's like, uh Johnny Rotten is did Johnny Appleseed cannot tell a lie? Who could not tell a lie? George Washington. Cannot George tell a Washington. Lie. Yeah. Okay. Johnny Rotten was in the George Washington of the UK punk scene, like he apparently just like never lied about anything. And as if someone told him something, he would just be like, that's a shitty thing to do. I'm telling this person right now. So, and, and since there's so much like hearsay and stuff about the formation of the sex pistols, he's like gone on record a bunch to be like, no, that didn't happen. This happened. This didn't happen. So like, I'm get the feeling that he's just like, I don't like the creative liberties. Uh-huh. You know, so like he was talking about how they wanted to use his music or their music, I guess, the sex episodes, uh, in the crown. And he was like, well, because he's like, <clears throat> well, because they do the they do the uh, the jubilee in the crown. Right. And they were like, oh, and they have a scene. He's like, and then there's a scene where there's like all these like punk kids, like throwing trash and rocks at her in like the little carriage as he went by. And he's like, I wouldn't sign off on that because he's like, that's not what happened. He's like, nobody was protesting the Queen's Jubilee, like, except for us in our little boat going around the Thames. He's like, we were the only ones. Like, everybody else was celebrating it. That's what was happening in London. He's like, if they wanted to put that in the crown, I would have been like, fine, that's what happened. I'm not going to, like, present it that the Queen was in danger and people were throwing rocks because that is not what happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, like, he's, he's never like, I will not, like, sign off on my music or whatever. He's just like, I won't, I don't want it to be, like, I guess... Turned into a legend or whatever. Like he said the same thing about Sid and Nancy. Like when the movie came out, like he was like, he's like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad movie, but that's not what happened entirely. So <clears throat> one thing that's wild to me is that like Sid and Nancy came out less than a decade after it like happened, right? Yeah. Like Sid. That's ca- wild about that. Just like like think. I mean, I guess they do that. And, like, like everybody's just sort of like talks about that now, and they're like, oh my gosh, they're like they're already making a mini series about the like OJ trial and stuff. And I was like. Sid Vicious and, like, Nancy Spungen, like, died slash killed themselves slash OD'd in, like, 1979. And by 1986, that film came out. That minute it was, like, in pre-production in, like, 84, 85. So, like, five, six years later, they were like, let's make a movie about these guys. <laughs> like, these very real people who had a super messed up time. Let's make a Hollywood film starring Gary Oldman. <laughs> like it wasn't necessarily think what
0: would be close to that uh like the lords of silicon valley movie that was the bill gates steve jobs movie with noah wiley that came out mid-90s yeah
1: well i mean i guess like social network social network was pretty Social network
0: was pretty quick
1: yeah what's his name there's that the the, the joe the joe gordon levitt one uh about uber huh. that one that's pretty the, good. Uh, S-
0: snowden Stone came out real quick. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. but again, those are usually like not to say not not tragedies or whatever. But like, I don't know. It's just really weird that this like story of like a punk rock dude who maybe killed, maybe she killed herself, maybe they tried to kill each other. Who knows what happened? Then like overdosing on heroin and stuff. That they're like, that's the stuff of film. Which I mean, I guess it is.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's there's no like dramatic retelling of Kurt and Courtney. It's
2: just like yeah, like, like the fact that that really hasn't but That's because Courtney didn't die. Like the story, <laughs> is, yeah, you know. do not don't to think say that young lovers, Hollywood. music, death, suicide, murder, you know, whatever. It's a dramatic story. Mm-hmm. Of course people are going to, you know. The,
1: yeah, I, I, it also shocks me that, like, I guess that they are allowing it onto, like, Disney Plus, so that they've sort of opened the doors up to that point. Like, there's a, like... A lot of boobs in it. Well, not a lot, but like enough, enough that they're like somewhat almost gratuitous at one point. Uh, and you have you know like a lot of heroin, good amount of speed. You have uh, you have Sid Vicious in the DTs carving "Give Me a Fix" into his chest with a switchblade, like you know because that stuff happened. I was really wondering. I was like, produced by Disney. I was uh-huh. like, how are they? I was like, how's this gonna go? But like. Didn't shy away from any of that stuff because I was like, I can't imagine Danny Boyle necessarily wanting to like censor any of that. Like that's that's not even like sensationalism. That stuff happened. Oh. <laughs> like like yeah. one of the best parts. Uh, and that was
0: probably his answer for every time he got notes.
1: Yeah. Like this isn't gratuitous. Here we go. We got on the bus and then Sid carved gave me a fix into his chest as exemplified by the next date on the tour. Photos of him with freshly carved letters, give me a fix into like they're trying to keep him off of heroin while he's in like North America, whatever. And they're like, Mm -hmm. How'd he get heroin? And like the handlers are like, He has gimme a fix carved into his chest. Someone gave it to him. (laughs) Like Johnny Rotten's all pissed off. (laughs) It's like There's like one point two where he's like, he's like, I'm going to go out and like, uh, he's like, uh, he's like, I'm going to go out and like make a fucking mess, whatever it's like that. They're like, well, I'm your handler and you need to sit down. He's like, I'm Sid fucking vicious. And he's like, do whatever the fuck I want. And fucking shit up is my job. And like Steve Jones is like, he's pretty shit at bass playing. He's actually kind of right. That's pretty much his job. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason you're in this band, Sid. I was a little sad they didn't, like, they, there's a couple of weird, like, little cameos and whatever, like, uh, like, Billy Idol is in it for, like, a half second, Susie mm-hmm. Sue is in it for a little, little bit. I was really, really a little sad that they didn't uh, give a little cameo to, uh, like, Lemmy. Like, you see Hawkwind for a bit, like, his weird yeah. psychedelic rock band before Motorhead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But yeah, you don't actually see any because, like, him and uh, Sid used to live in the same uh complex or whatever and when like and as lemmy tells it he's like sid like runs upstairs and he's like lemmy lemmy he's like uh he's like i'm in the sex pistols and like lemmy's first answer was like as a roadie (laughs) he's like as a bass. he's like no i'm a bass player he's like no you're not (laughs) and lemmy's like i tried to give him like a crash course in like how to play bass in like a week and he's like i literally don't think there's like someone with like less musical talent than Sid Vicious. Like, he's like, I don't think that like, he's like, I think that if you gave me a week with anyone, they would have been able to like keep time and like, like Sex Pistols is not complicated. He's like, and Sid was just completely clueless. And this is like before heroin. <laughs> like, Amazing. This is before the kid had a drug problem and he could not like play bass to save his life. How much of the story? It's just a year. Well, no, so it does. It, it does formation to breakup basically. Okay. But like it focuses on like, it's six episodes and like the infamous like North American tour is like literally, I think maybe the last episode and that's it. Whereas that's like the entirety of Sid and Nancy, right? Like it's right. like, it starts off with like Steve Jones and uh what's his name? Something cook. And like the original bassist Glenn Matlock and the other guy, like just starting a band and getting like discovered by Malcolm and Vivian Westward and all that stuff. It's like, it really goes into the like before like Johnny Rotten I think only shows up in like episode 2 and like Sid only joins the band in like episode 4 kind of thing. So it's like it's not it's really the m- much more focused on like what they were actually as a younger kids doing and less like sure. fully formed Sex Pistols. But I mean their entire run was like 76 to 79 I want to say. Like pretty much it. Yeah. And they address the fact that Sid vicious. They yeah. <clears throat> so, like, Sid Vicious is, like, infamously not on Nevermind the Bollocks. Like, he's only credited, I think, on bodies, like, a single track. And mm-hmm. even then, people are saying that, like, if you really get in, like, listen to it in high def, you can hear a shitty bass line. But then there's another bass line on top of it anyway. And there's, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and the, like, Urban Legends or whatever go that either Glenn Matlock was brought in to record the bass as he was the original bassist, because he has writing credits on, I think, all but one of the Sex Pistols tracks. Wow. Because, like, in terms of, like, the actual music, it was, like, Glenn Matlock wrote everything, and Johnny Rotten, like, wrote a lot of the lyrics, but also kind of, like, punched up Glenn Matlock's lyrics. Like, Glenn Matlock would produce kind of, like, very generic lyrics, and Johnny Rotten would just sort of, like, mix them up. So yeah. So
2: Vicious was literally just there to
1: get drunk and and like get in trouble. Yeah, he had the look, right? Well, that was because that was the whole Malcolm McLaren thing, was he didn't really care about the music, he cared about the looks of them all and all that stuff. Mm. Like even even you could like said you could even kind of argue that Johnny Rotten wasn't really there for much in many ways, but he actually, you know, contributed a lot to the lyrics and like I think because he looked so weird and whatever else like that. And then the other guys didn't McLaren was like, I need another guy who looks like a crazy punk. So uh-huh. that was like Sid Vicious's like in so yeah, they brought in uh, either they brought in Glenn Matlock or Steve Jones just like played the bass also because like all of the bass lines in Sex Pistols tracks are just like following the guitar on the bass. So if he could play the guitar part, you could play the bass part. So yeah, yeah the show basically has Sid, uh, which again, I don't think is exactly quite right, but it was a factor. Like Sid, his first OD and they just record the album basically without him and he's like sorry about that guys <laughs> like and they're like ah no problem <laughs> but yeah such a mess it's uh it's pretty great I mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed it I would highly highly recommend it if you have any kind of interest in in that scene or that like moment in history or just like Sex Pistols in general because it's like a hell of a weird story. Right, like, because, like, in many ways, they're almost like a Backstreet Boys, right? Like, they're just like a crazy like fashion designer guy who's like, I want to put together, like, I want to put together like a band that like tears down the monarchy and like almost did, like, not necessarily. The Backstreet
2: Boys were fashion designers.
1: No, but like in the sense of like what cultivate exactly. That's it. Yeah, 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 that's it. it. Like, like, like someone had a vision for what a band could be and then like assemble it piecemeal, right? Like. Not I'm saying very different goals of why you're assembling a band, but like still like an assembled band that is more about image than music. Right. Like that was like, that was how the sex pistols happened. And then, I mean, you end up with the age old question of, uh, are there any other bands that had that much of an impact with only one album? Probably not.
0: Hmm. I'm just thinking like joy division and Otis writing my next two big guesses but Mm -hmm. Otis Redding was... Didn't Otis Redding
2: have, like, a song? He was a sitting on the dock of the bay guy, right?
0: Yeah, no, he had a whole album, but he died before it it hit any kind of critical success. Yeah. But while he was definitely a more talented person, I don't think he really affected soul and Mm R&B music radically. And, like, Joy Division sure kicked off that, like, goth, new romantic...
2: Uh, that's style also of music, but not. You don't think that's bigger than than punk? Sex Pistols
0: than punk? No, I don't. I don't think that's bigger than punk.
2: No,
1: hmm. I would. I would tend to agree. Like, but also, also the the main difference there is that both Otis Redding and Joy Division, like, it was due to death, right? Like, Sex Pistols broke up, and then Sid died, like, a year or two later. But like, they broke up before, like, on their own accord. In many ways. Like it wasn't like a death in the the band that like forced them to stop. Like Johnny Rotten walked like when Malcolm started making his dumb movie and all that crap. Like so <clears throat> and they like I think they even tried to stick together after that, but like didn't. And then Sid Vicious started doing his own crap. It was the worst. <laughs> yeah. There's there's not a lot. I feel it's like you're you probably hit the number two and number three with mm. joy division and notice writing mm-hmm. I'm,
0: I'm doing some right. quick internet searching and like mm-hmm. lauren hill the miseducation of lauren hill is a very yeah, good
1: i guess that's fair that but this yeah but that she get like that's a solo project after the Fuji's. so
0: yeah but the Fuji's are not lauren hill
1: that's true that is true lauren hill is lauren hill would be a good one but then, uh, also maybe geez. like not as influential. Just that's a really, really good album. Like course, I King would Core say has two albums. Three. <laughs> it didn't necessarily redefine a genre or like slash create a genre or like define a style sense and fashion sense that is like mimicked fifty years later. <laughs> like still, like eh, there's a lot. Sex Pistols did Ooh. like.
0: I've Same got one here. here. This one's this one's oh, pretty good. Oh, oh, oh. A little bit out of Mother Love Bone with Apple came out in 1990 and was like Stone Gossard, Jeff Ament, um, and shit, what's what is, his name?
1: Who who is this band? Is
0: Mother Mother Love Bone was like a super group of people who then went on to be grunge superstars and it was like the first grunge album Mm. like guys from soundgarden and pearl jam all kind of were in this group and then split off to to do that neat yeah that's not nirvana it's not nirvana but it came out before bleach so right or temple of the dog that one's good Mm, whatever (laughs) no i i I love a lot of that stuff, but I I don't think. Never mind the bollocks is
2: can be topped, mm-hmm. like particularly in light of punk coming out of there. Yeah, yeah. it's like that, that's it. That's it. Yeah,
0: I mean it's I mean, it,
1: and, and it's that, also kind of like
0: record and and the Ramones just kind of slammed and then it was everywhere.
1: And then you could also I mean I could also like absolutely the Ramones are like as important. As the Sex Pistols of the birth of punk, but like, not like they But had... like you still listen to Ramones and it's like, it's a lot more like, it's just rock played real fast, <laughs> you know, like, whereas like, you listen to Sex Pistols and you're like, oh, this is punk, you know, like, like the Ramones have a lot more of a rock and roll sensibility. I oh think, yeah, the yeah
0: I remember too. listening to Sex Pistols in like 94, 95 and being like, yeah, that's, th- this this, this is punk rock music. Completely relevant to punk rock music that was coming out then. And
1: well, it's also, it's also crazy because I mean, even you didn't
0: feel like classic rock in any way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah. And still doesn't really like, like outside of the fact that, like, weirdly, they never swear. (laughs) Like, which is because like Johnny Rotten was like kind of (laughs) polite, like, just as a, like, they played. And this is wild and true. They played a Christmas Day show for children, like, huh. at, and this was like right before the North American tour. So like at the height of their like, they had the number like "God Save the Queen" was the number one hit. Uh, I was gonna say on the radio, but it wasn't on the radio because even though it went to number one on the charts, they would not play it on the radio still in the UK. Yeah, <laughs> like, amazing, and on the BBC, right? And on the BBC, yeah, that's it. Well, because they they made that. They burnt their bridge at the BBC real quick. That one time they were on television. And then accused the guy of being a drunk on live air, live TV and then started swearing and stuff. And then that was uh, they like, they, they got dropped by like multiple rec. They got dropped by. Uh, I think it was like a Garcia, then EMI, then whatever. And then they were saved. This day was saved by Richard Branson Virgin, from Virgin records. Amazing. He's wow. like, yeah, that's it. They got dropped off of label after label, whatever else, and then still had the number one hit in the UK without any radio play whatsoever. Uh, but then, yeah, played a Christmas Day celebration to some orphans or whatever. It's like, you're like, what? And then you think about it and you're like, oh, yeah. They that's don't really... pretty punk. I don't give the fuck. Yeah, exactly. That's it. But also yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, there isn't really any swearing in. Like, other than like he does say like vacant when he's saying pretty vacant, you know like he he definitely like
0: yeah i mean they do kind of like balance that out by saying they're the antichrist so yeah <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> i wonder i wonder, I wonder, I to I wonder if people, if they that part like if if they changed up the lyrics for like <laughs> the, the little kids without parents yeah, but, and especially like for christmas if you know like <laughs> You know, it's like we are celebrating Jesus Christ or whatever, you know, and you're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas from the Sex Pistols. <laughs> yeah, like there's even like that. There's like a scene in, in Pistol or whatever where like, like Sid is swearing and Johnny's like, there are children around. <laughs> like, watch your mouth, Sid.
0: <laughs> like, I mean, fair.
1: Yeah. One thing that's also super funny is that, like, A, in the show, and B, like, even if you watch, like, in, like later interviews, like, post Sid's death and stuff, that, like, people still call him, like, Sydney. And, like, his name was not Sydney. Like, his, his name was John. Like, and he just wasn't allowed to be John because there was already a John in the band. So he had to have, like, another name. But then, so yeah, it comes up with Sid Vicious, but then people, like, when they're talking to him, call him Sydney. So it's, like, the long version. Of Sid, it's still not his real name. I was like, and, and then even talking about that's, him in death. That's the,
0: that's the family guy joke, right? Did you just call me Megan? Well, your name's Meg, right? It's not short for Megan, <laughs> it's short for Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> God.
1: Anyway, what else is, uh, is up? I watched.
0: I watched Obi Wan. I watched I Doctor Strange. I, I watched, watched all Strange of Obi Wan too. Was Obi Wan good? Good enough. Did you did you like the middle trilogy? I did. Then then you're gonna love Obi Wan because it's the middle trilogy.
1: Well, wait, hang on. Middle trilogy like is in four, five, six.
0: Yeah. Oh no! One, two, three.
1: That's not the middle trilogy. That's the it's, first. Trilogy. No, no chronological yeah.
0: middle trilogy. Okay. okay. The the nineties movies.
1: No, it's it's yes. not as bad as those. The prequels right, were dark right. shit. What, Hang you, on. what is, what is Hang going on here?
0: Hang on a second, Keith. Let me describe the 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 plot of these episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. Leia gets kidnapped. Obi Wan goes to rescue her. She gets kidnapped again, so he goes to rescue her. Then she, she gets, gets kidnapped, kidnapped multiple
1: together. times in the in episode four, also. Yeah. And then he goes I was to get kidnapped that Leia.
0: And then he, she gets kidnapped. He goes to rescue her. And then it ends after he saved her. So ten years later, she can get kidnapped, and he <laughs> has to go rescue her.
1: Yeah. So there's that's, there's a lot that's about all that happens. The a Obi- lot about Obi Wan works if you d- d- pretend that they don't tie into the movies. <laughs> there there are definite problems. Princess Leia as a like what like a, a six year old. Mm-hmm. Nine, I guess is A precocious nine-year-old precocious nine-year-old sure. as a precocious nine-year-old just he, is she nine she's tiny hold like, on hold on, hold on. you supposed supposed guys are saying years precocious years... which means
2: smart but I get the impression that it means a little girl yelling at people
1: no she's actually like she's very intelligent she and like has she's not like, bossy. Comp- she's not really even that bossy she's like stubborn and headstrong like sure. a, a lot like a very like a young leia but is like smart and like understands the plan and is like this is what this person is whatever else. Yeah, her her and
0: presentation is not the problem with the series.
1: Yeah, she does okay. a very she does and like looks and mannerisms of Carrie Fisher like very well for. A so young what's actor. what's the problem that well, she gets these, kidnapped? Well, so sometimes she can just run away and because she has little legs that kind of move her around, like nobody can catch her, including like trained Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi. Or like trained, like uh, if, what do you call it? Royal guards of the uh, of Alderaan. Like nobody could catch this little kid. She just starts like. Well,
2: she's a Skywalker, right? She's got she's got Force speed.
1: At that at that stage, so that happens multiple times, which is like uh-huh. wild every time it happens. But then she still managed to get cat caught and kidnapped and whatever. And that that does stupid. Um, I I honestly I like a lot of the stuff between obi-wan and vader like it contextualizes some of their relationship in a better way i think than episode one two and three did like we're like it it kind of like really gets into like vader's obsession with like it's like all the jedi are basically dead when the show starts and like obi-wan is just like working at like a meat cutting situation and tattooing <laughs> just like taking a little slab of meat home for his animal and then just like living in a cave and then just like spying on Luke and making sure Luke's okay. That's what he's been up to for a decade.
2: Wow.
1: Like, and like, uh, like another Jedi finds him and is like, you have to help. And he's like, no, if we do anything Jedi-like, we're hunted down and killed. And then that guy's, he's like, but we have to do something. And he's like, nope, that's not what we're going to do because like, we're just going to get busy. hunted down and killed. Then that guy dies. <laughs> like, <then it> <laughs> because he's not wrong. Until, huh. obviously, eventually he does get pulled into Saving Leia because Leia gets kidnapped, and essentially because one of the Inquisitors uh, works out that whatever there's some sort of a connection to Obi Wan and Leia, so it was like kidnapping Leia to draw out Obi Wan, and then and Vader's like he's the only one that matters and whatever else, and just really wants to really wants to get Vader and Obi Wan or Vader really wants to get Obi Wan, and it, like I said, it contextualizes that fight in New Hope in a fun way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like I did like that where you're like oh yeah the, the a that they're not really fighting. Like, which is, I think, a thing that we need to, like, they sort of needed to address. Like, they were fighting when George Lucas made that movie, but now we know what what lightsaber fights look like, and it is not that. And then you're like, oh, yeah, they're just having a conversation because of the, like, decades of history between them and whatever.
0: And it it does go out of its way to explain why Obi-Wan lies to Luke about his father.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Vader says it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like like, like well, literally
0: spoilerific, but yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, John hasn't even watched Mandalorian and that was the good one. Yeah. So.
0: But we do have listeners. Be... It is a podcast. <laughs>
1: okay. So spoilers, spoilers for the thing. like Just in time. Yeah. I mean, well, I didn't say what he says. Like. Go ahead. At one point he Go like, ahead. he cuts, he cuts part of his mask away or whatever. And then he's like, Anakin. And then, and like Vader is like, Anakin's dead. And he's like, and you didn't kill him, I did. Uh-huh. Like so, that like I said, kind of explains, like Vader, Vader killed, killed, your, killed father. your father. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Right. What what is right. kind of <laughs> shitty is a the Princess Leia is like, oh Obi Wan Kenobi like uh, like fought with my father in the Clone Wars, whatever. I was like, I feel like you have a way bigger tie to Obi Wan Kenobi than that. Leia, <laughs> like that was like ten years ago. You went on like a star hopping adventure with him. <laughs> According to this show. And also the fact that like Obi-Wan's like, nah, like in the, in the beginning of new hope, he's like, I'm not going to help this dumb lady. And I was like, but you literally said you would at the end of Obi-Wan. You were like, one day, if you ever need help of an old man, just like send word and I'll be there. Then she does. And his first instinct in new hope is to be like, pass. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, also 10 years on tattooing really makes. Yeah. Everyone well, old.
1: a lot of fans have, have put together that. This is not the final confrontation, right? Like,
0: there's no way that Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru and Obi Wan are going to turn into seventy year olds in the next. Well, 10 no, years. but Owen
1: and Aunt Beru don't look won't don't look that much older. I think in another like ten years.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, they do. In a New Hope, they look real old.
1: That's true. Not, but not <laughs> as much as Obi Wan. Come does. on, but Obi no, but on. Obi but Obi Wan actively becomes a graybeard, right? Like. Yeah, and turns into
0: uh, Alec Gillis. Guinness. Uh, Guinness. Um,
1: well, there's like there's like the fan theory there that at some point in time, uh, he's gonna get uh, four strained, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that's the uh, like Palpatine because like there there is like it's not necessarily I know it's kind of like listed as a limited series but like. like there's like kind of like towards the end of the last episode there's a little conversation between like vader and palpatine and palpatine's like i kind of question your judgment on this one vader so like anyway who knows also 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 obi-wan obi-wan huge dick i mean like he's historically a huge dick in a Mm -hmm. lot of the films but clone wars and clone wars yeah but has vader dead to rights and then is like well, then my I guess my friend's already dead and then just leaves. And I was like, yo, Vader's going to go on to kill a lot of people. And like, he's already killed a lot of people. There's like, there's, there is <laughs> there's nothing better. It's going to gonna blow up. Yeah, there is nothing better for the galaxy in this moment right now than killing Darth Vader.
0: <laughs> like, he's already killed all the children.
1: Yeah, he killed all of the kids. He's killed every Jedi that you've ever known. He Just, you know, wholesale slaughter all over town. And Obi-Wan's like, well, my friend's already gone. And just like walks away and like like has him dead to rights, has like cut up his robot parts, cut half of his face apart, and he's like sparking while he's like talking and, and Obi-Wan just leaves him. That's horribly stupid. Yep. But um, I mean, but at the same time, if there's did, one thing about know? Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like at no point in time has this character ever struck me as smart. <laughs>
0: Uh, there is some cool stuff in it, John. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone attacks Vader with a lightsaber, and Vader doesn't even bother to draw his. It's awesome. That's fucking amazing. He just blocks it with the force, stops their hands from swinging the sword, dodges around like it's a kung fu movie. No, yeah, it's great. No, leans left and right with his hands at his side.
1: It's pretty cool. Hmm. And she like he she has like a the like a spinning lightsaber, and he just grabs it and breaks it. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I saw
2: that... a clip where he force lifts up Obi Wan, sets the ground on fire, and then rubs Obi Wan's face in it. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. The yeah, the cool no... thing is the when the he grabs that... he
1: grabs a he grabs a spaceship taking off. Yeah, just yeah, really drags it back down it. to the ground and then just like rips the wall open because he thinks Obi Wan's inside. Amazing.
0: the The cool thing is Vader always fights like Vader. He doesn't turn into spinning muppet yoda for reasons yeah, unknown still
1: There's minimal like, minimum movement imposing
0: like, figure you know
2: strong that was probably more because the the suit was really immobile in you know like when they had it in episode seven eight but yeah and, but they made they made yoda bounce around like a rubber ball right like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. even in, like i mean in the originals not uh they, yeah, made, seven, eight, they
0: yeah. made count dooku fight like a kung fu master too when he was like an old man
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, it was awful. You took, you took what was cool about Darth Maul and put it to everyone.
1: Yeah. And that was
0: wrong. And they fixed that with the Vader fights like Vader. He's
1: slow. He's, he's like
0: slow and a little bit like Mike Myers, just kind of walking slowly after his prey. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Speaking what? of that, did either of you guys give a shot to the p- Pentaveret after nope. we talked about it a lot? No. Good, good on you. Myers. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the I saw Dr.
0: Strange. I, I saw Dr. Yeah. Strange, Multiverse of Madness. How was that? I forgot until about 15 minutes into the movie that it was directed by Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. And then I was like...
1: And then it reminded you? you. Was
2: there a what? really quick close-up with, with the camera zooming out at the same time?
0: No, a zoom in on the eyes and a yep, squint at each other. There it is. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's very... Wait, Sam Raimi directed this. <laughs> <laughs> and then, because it's the multiverse... He's given permission to just fucking kill a lot of things and really leans into the horror aspect of, of Sam Raimi stuff. And that's pretty cool. Hmm.
1: I have not watched it, but people were just like talking about, um, and this is not a, like, it's this is a very uh what's what's the word I'm looking for? The the pitch meeting, like so that the movie can happen where it's like so spoilers, I guess, because i I mean this is pretty it's all over the internet, like Wanda Maximoff is basically the catalyst for all of the badness that's going on in multiverse of madness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? She's, <clears throat> so like, she's I, the antagonist. She's the main okay. Antagonist. I I haven't seen it, but I know that like her her being super mad about whatever. Uh, and then they're like, we're in the multiverse and all that stuff. And like someone just had like a fake thing. Like Doctor Strange is being like, listen, Wanda, we can find a reality where Wanda dies and the kids survive. I could send you there and everything's fine. And they're being like, oh, what a reasonable solution. And then it just like <laughs> and then the oh, yeah. credits because <laughs> like, this is I'm wreaking havoc in a multiverse because my children died you
2: want kids we'll go find find one
1: where you're dead and then just live the rest of your days out there end of problem yeah like a a very rick and morty kind of like none of this matters (laughs) morty this infinite reality infinite do you have any idea um
0: is it good yes it is good is it Mm -hmm. great no it's not great but it's fun because Sam Raimi is given a lot more leeway than he was even in the Spider-Man movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Sam Raimi's fun. When, when yeah, exactly. I would Christmas. I would
1: hazard that like Sam Raimi is possibly not capable of greatness. But boy does he have fun down. Like I'm like, are there any great Sam Raimi movies? Like from like Capital F film standpoint.
0: I mean Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2. But
1: I don't think they're great. They're great for what you, they sir. are. How
0: dare yeah. you, sir?
1: I do. I love those movies. You know I do. But I'm like, but that doesn't like get Sam Raimi into like a like a Scorsese Spielberg conversation. Based no. on those and, a,
0: and and multiverse of madness isn't there either. But yeah. it's kind of like visiting an old friend who's like, or like going to go see a rock band, and they're just like, hey, we're gonna play those songs that you love. And you're like, oh, that's good.
2: Um, how does I'm it compare gonna... to the first one
0: dr strange yeah completely different because it's Sam Raimi like his his hands are so all over it where the first one kind of felt like every other Marvel movie yeah this one feels different which is a, a plus because there's so much of that other Marvel formula out there mm-hmm. um yeah, a lot of the like conflict you just kind of have to take. Like, why does this happen? Because the movie needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. You know, that's okay. There's a lot of action movies that work that way. You don't need to, like... Overthink be it. Be too weird about it. Yeah. Um, the Last Battle isn't a giant a giant CGI fuckfest. It, it's not, like, 15 he minutes. He's fighting someone of... with
1: exactly his powers
0: and like 15 minutes of a cg tornado of them like hitting each other with lightning bolts no it, it... and big ca- cartoon fists boink, yeah boink, boink, <laughs> pow yeah it gets it gets a little weird and, and that's cool uh, i mean it's two magic users fighting but it's not the same as like the end of wandavision that was terrible. We're two witches, and we're throwing witch powers at each other. And you're like, my don't...
1: powers are red. My powers are
0: purple. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was fine. I liked it. It's, it's not it. great, it's... but it's not... doesn't have to be great yeah. to be good and fun. And I think that was actually the most encouraging thing about it. Like a lot of the other late Marvel movies felt like they have to be great so we're not going to do a risk we're going to do the formula and everything's going to be the same Mm -hmm. so like if you watch Black Widow and then you watched Black Panther and then Mm -hmm. the end of WandaVision you're just like okay you're just doing the thing, Mm Shang-Chi you're you're doing the thing again good guy, bad guy, origin same powers giant CG fight The, the last fight was more emotional and more like oh, that's a clever way of doing that to get there. I and mean, I'm in it. I was I was in for it. And like, well, real bloody in some points. Real splatter house. Like, like Evil Dead special effect. Yeah, it's going stuff. to be like, like, does a
1: giant, like, does someone get hit with a uh, fire hose of blood? <laughs>
0: there's, there's, there's a scene where one of the characters thinks they're going crazy and all the stuff in the house starts to move and wave around. Like, it's <laughs> no so bad. And I was like, oh Are yeah, the all, you need, show up? all you need is a, is a is like a deer head to start cackling maniacally. And that's and 100%. Yeah.
1: Laughs. The pictures just only do this, like swing swinging.
0: Like the, the lampshades start to like swing around and follow the characters around. And I was like, yeah. oh, I, oh, I recognize this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good old Sam Raimi.
0: Again, it felt like he was playing his hits a little bit and that was fine. That was good. There's some like Army of Darkness bits there too, hmm. and that's great. And it doesn't tie into all of the the shows. Really just WandaVision is the only one that you need to Yeah. Know to watch that one.
1: No, like what if? Isn't what if was talked about a little bit?
0: No, no. no? Like uh thought so but it never came into play
1: oh okay yeah uh what was i gonna say yeah or just like that that whole like letting um letting directors do what they're gonna do like someone was reading about like where they were saying like oh like all of the uh all of the galaxy of the guardian cast or whatever else like that is like saying like oh this is gonna be the last one and blah 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 blah. and then it's like james gunn and all and everyone's like oh my god james gunn's gonna kill all of them hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're like if they let directors do what they do James Gunn is gonna kill off some people.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was definitely close to the the Thor movie that Taika Waititi,
1: Ragnarok, did, Ragnarok,
2: yeah. where it just felt yeah. different. Yeah, is Love and Thunder out? I think it's
1: it's coming not yet, but soon, it's very soon. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that looks fun. Yeah, I'll I'll watch the heck out of that. Maybe even in theaters. I don't know, but yeah, no. Uh, Multiverse of Madness is on Disney Plus now, so I'm sure I'll yeah. I will watch it. It's it's perfect for Disney+.
0: I don't know if I would have been, like, thrilled to see it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Unless it was, like, a bunch of vodka and a Slurpee.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> or on but, like, shrooms. They... Shrooms, mm-hmm. Scott.
0: I don't know. Like, they didn't present it as, like, a Sam Raimi movie. Enough in the trailers. And it, it really is.
1: It's hmm. weird that they wouldn't, like, lean into it more than if it's that... Sam Raimi like I mean I guess the multiverse of madness like the title is already there and if you're saying like the Sam Raimi stuff is that prevalent like you think they would have like
2: yeah but who's that a cell for
1: I, I know us
2: but <laughs> other than us like how big was the quick and the dead or <laughs> um, army of darkness like, the modern look, those mm-hmm. are like cult masterpieces yeah uh, evil dead 2 and army yeah, of but like, but, like, but like Thor Dragon Ragnarok a- didn't didn't land very well yeah no it didn't uh, do well at all nor did the quick and the dead which was a fucking masterpiece gorgeous movie
1: yeah but my question though is that like like taika watiti was not like a big shot director or whatever else like that when you got ragnarok and the ragnarok trailers were certainly presenting like a fun colorful kind of insano like you you yeah, had the,
0: no the like, the trailer the... for multiverse was like did you like, like the an last Marvel Spider-Man movie? movie? Did you like the last Spider-Man movie? This is more of the same. Yeah. Get ready for weirdness, and it's yeah. like, no, this is bizarre.
1: weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> this is actual weirdness. Yeah.
0: Bruce Campbell cameo. That's that's fun. Nice. What does he do? He horses. tries to punch out Doctor Strange for stealing <laughs> a hot dog. Nice.
1: <laughs> well it's done, good. Bruce. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I'm sad that they never they never decided to go anywhere like into that uh into the weird like Evil Dead verse, right? Like remember they made the new Evil Dead, which I actually liked. Uh, a I, lot. I, you'd be wrong not to. It was fucking amazing. It
2: was. Yeah, there's few kind of, remakes that are that hit it as as well as that did.
1: Yeah, and, and hit like the original Evil Dead, which I thought was very like like wasn't trying to be Evil Dead Two or Army of Darkness. Like hit like the original Evil Dead, which is like a couple of laughs, but they're not really like jokes. <laughs> no, it's mostly played as straight as like hell leaking
2: into the world is going to. you know? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. But
1: then there was that little the, the post-credit stinger or whatever of, of like like the blood dripping down and then like... Oh, the, I don't remember. The, so the, there's like blood dripping down and then you see like, like a silhouette like with like blood drop dripping down on his face or whatever. And like it's, it's implied that somewhere he's in like Deadite World and then just like it looks up and you see like the chin and he's like groovy. Huh. <laughs> so <laughs> like... There's a like a an ash stinger in uh, at the end of the new evil dead. And I was like, oh, they could have made an evil dead verse. Like, which I will well, Maybe they will. I guess if this makes money, right. They can. Yeah. Uh, Sam Raimi might get a might get another like carte blanche to do something. something.
2: While we're uh, wishing, like I want another um, dread from the same guys who did that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: So does Carl Urban.
1: Yeah. Well, no, Carl Urban's busy with the boys, baby.
0: No, no, he said He's he got would do dread, yeah. dread again every time.
1: Do dread yeah. again every time.
0: Oh uh, man, the boys is so.
1: Yeah, well, we still only watched the one episode. We got sidetracked by Pistol.
0: I just finished the the third one, and it's like, whew,
1: it's, it's dark again. There are a lot to watch. Like, I, I yeah. was like thinking about that even after the first one. I was like, man, it's like such a. It, people are like, oh, they only release like one a week, and I was like, you really want to binge the boys? Like, there's, it's a. It's always a lot. It's like just shitty things happening again and again. Like a lot of just like super powered creep things doing awful things again and again. And yeah,
0: I mean it's very dangerously close to why I stopped watching The Walking
2: Dead.
1: Okay, hold on, hold (laughs) on, hold on. I just had a flash. The
2: deep, okay, Ezra Miller. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where the deep goes because I only I gave up like halfway through the second season. But I remember him being kind of like a pathetic disaster.
1: And, and then he's real world Ezra Miller? Yeah. <laughs> Ezra Miller was the Flash, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> yeah. Freaking, yeah. Freaking Ezra Miller. Just, he has like a family on his compound or whatever, and then just guns are like loose and a baby put a bullet in its mouth? What's up, Ezra?
0: Again, I just a picture Grant Gustin at his home, being like, "I was right there the Grant whole Gustin. time." The guy Grant who plays Gustin. Flash on TV. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> you're you're sticking with him over me. Why? I was on Glee. <laughs> <laughs> clean cut white bread as it comes.
1: The <laughs>
0: <way>. <laughs> there is no controversy here.
1: Poor DCU. Like, who do we have lined up for the next film? And you're like Amber Heard and Ezra Miller. And they're like, oh, wow, wow, wow. Oh, come on. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Get out of town. They're scrubbing
0: her from all of Aquaman. Eh?
2: Like, really? They're you're taking her out? Completely. Man, to the victor go the spoils. I saw today. Depp signed a $300 million deal with Disney for another pirates movie.
1: Of course you did yeah,
0: that's money well spent I for mean, disney they're gonna make that back so fast
1: yeah his star power is like bigger now yep yep gross mm-hmm. hollywood's gross super gross i think this was 90s guys Whoa. stay tuned for garbage time where we talk about roe v wade <laughs> jesus <laughs> We probably won't. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Bye. Listen, man, we all know that you pressed stop on your podcast player like 30 seconds ago as soon as you heard the outro music. And the only reason you're possibly listening to this is because you're like jogging or something. And your phone is in your pocket and you can't stop me from talking. Uh, I'll keep this short and sweet. Uh, we put in a lot of work on this website. Uh, if you do want to support us financially, we're kind of reworking the whole structure over there. But if you do want to support us financially, you can head to patreon.com slash 9 to cc um, And if you don't want to support us financially, maybe you could just tell your friends about the show. And if you don't want to support us at all, I don't even know how you're possibly listening to this at the end of that episode by 905.cc podcast blogs and comics main in montreal since 2011